Hey everybody, Superfan Giovanni here. Welcome to Classic Loveline, episode 576. No guest tonight, just a love between the two hosts. For December 14th, 1997, a Sunday night show. The source on this one, a JBJ tape done back in 2008 with some Spinfly tape patches to fill out the breaks mostly. The JBJ tape and the Spinfly tape were almost identical in quality. The JBJ had a slight edge despite Spinfly's tapes usually being the superior ones. So I chose to go with the better audio. Overall, repairing this show and the John Hyde episode took my entire day off. Uh, two episodes took close to 10 hours. And these are shows I've transferred and re-edited several, several times already, mind you. This episode somewhat sparks a new era of the show. And this is an Adam Carolla gas night. Adam mentions upcoming guests uh, the Lords of Acid and Buster Poindexter, which helped confirm the date. Adam and Drew are both at the end of their ropes, uh, seven days a week, working together, and they've had about enough of each other. And this episode features Adam Kroll breaking down his John Hyatt concert experience. After John guested on the show on Thursday, Adam Kroll saw him live over the weekend, and he talks about what exactly happened and what exactly Dr. Drew missed. The caller is upset about their booking on the Charles Grodin show. Adam recalls the time he taught comedy traffic school. Adam's PRS, personal rating scale, system comes up and then pitches the TV show Coffee and Donuts. As per usual, the show was recorded in 1997. Some of the medical information may be out of date. Please consult your own physician or contact Dr. Drew and Mike Cathal on current day love line. 1-800-LOVE-191. Listener discretion is advised. You can follow us on Twitter at Podcast One, on Facebook, Podcast One as well, and PodcastOne.com, the home of all fair podcasts. And if you'd like to check out more of my work and help support my tape transferring efforts, please visit SuperfanGiovanni.com. Mahalo, and get it on. The following program is a PodcastOne.com production. Hey, hey there. Love Line. Phone number 1-800-LOVE-191. Fax number 310-854-4455. I'm Adam Corolla. It's Dr. Drew. Dr. Drew is a board-certified physician and addiction medicine specialist. And tonight, our guest is the ghost of Christmas past. Which one? None of them. All right. So uh, it's just me and you, and that's the way I like it tonight. Yeah. Uh, we'll have the Lords of Acid in here tomorrow night. And then uh, Buster Poindexter will be in here on Tuesday. Buster Poindexter is a guy who's uh, had a lot of albums, uh, done a lot of acting, but I'm not sure what the hell he's been doing for about the last five years. Yeah. He's one of those names uh, that people know. You know, he's that guy, he looks like Dickie from the Boston's. As a matter of right. fact, I think it is Dickie from the Boston's. <laughs> That's what he's been doing. As a matter of fact, I think he just gave up the Buster the Poindexter. Uh, Buster the Poindexter. He's been up here before the Buster Poindexter, I think. Yeah, that's he's kind of a almost a caricature. Yeah, and uh, does like sort of a I don't know swinging lounge kind of big band thing. It is Dicky from the Boston's. I'm yeah. convinced, and he's been touring so much lately with the Boston's that we've not uh, had seen him as Buster Poindexter. But uh, he'll be in here, and um, then uh, various artists as the night wears on or the week wears on, I should say. All right, Drew, you doing all right? Yeah, fine. No. We're not, I, I was thinking as I walked in here tonight, eh, we're doing okay. We haven't tried to kill each other yet. No, but it's early. It, yeah, we have a little break coming up. So. Yeah. Drew and I are now uh, on the seven-day-a-week schedule. Plan. And let me tell you about the seven-day-a-week plan. And I know it seems brutally obvious, but you have to point this out to people. The seven-day-a-week plan turns into the 14-day plan, then the 21-day plan, then the 35-day plan. And before you know it, it's been like 63 days, and you have sat across and listened to Drew's ass. 
yeah. for three hours a day, at least every day of the week. Imagine, ladies and gentlemen, taking, That's, taking crap from Adam we're, seven days a week. We're still in the honeymoon phase. All right, so let me tell you about a uh, an amazing thrill that I had. As as you know, we had um, singer, songwriter extraordinaire, and uh, idol of mine, John Hyatt, in here Thursday. It was a dream come true for me. And then I went and saw his show at the El Rey Theater on Friday night, which I'd never been to before, which is a pretty nice venue. And uh, John packed him in and was uh, exquisite. As usual. What a great live performer this John Hyatt is. Anyway, he uh, does his thing, does that uh, finale thing where, you know, you get, oh, Drew, you've never been to a concert. And I guess <laughs> they, they don't do this in opera where uh, the fat chick with the Viking horns walks off the stage and the conductor walks off and the violin guy, like, smashes his uh, violin into the oboe and walks off stage. And then the audience starts stomping their feet, and, like, the lights are flashing, and they're clapping. And then the uh, fat chick with the uh -oh. <laughs> Viking helmet comes back out on stage and, like, belts out another number. Do they do that? Not typically. No. Okay. In uh, rock concerts, they do that. Ah. So um, Hyatt came out once and uh, did a little um, solo thing on the piano and then uh, came out one more time. And played uh, probably his biggest song in terms of um, got a decent amount of airplay, at least out here. Eh, God, it was like eight, ten years ago I used to hear it on the radio. But uh, Engineer Mike, why don't you uh, fire up the slow turning and uh, I'll sort of finish the uh, story off. What is this? This is a recording of that night? No, I didn't have, I should have snuck in a dad player or something. I'm just going to recreate it uh, via the CD version. <laughs> You're lame. Well, how the hell was I going to know what, what was going to happen? And besides, I thought that stuff was illegal. You can't go in and record a concert and then well, play it on the radio, uh, can you, unless you talk yeah, to somebody? You, you, do you have to enact, reenact a story? Can't you just tell yeah, us the story? Is, this is like, uh, you know, a true stories of the Highway Patrol or something. Right, now we're going to have the reenactment of what happened. <laughs> right. And those are always the lamest part of the show, aren't they? No, I just, I'm playing this song because I want you to understand how it went. All right, so just As opposed to reenacting. Oh, okay. sh shut up, please. Yeah, where's uh, Cliff Stack is going to come out in a trench coat and explain things? Where's that Robert Stack? Robert Stack. The point is, is it's the last song of the night. Yeah, everyone's up on their feet, and they're, like, dancing around. And <laughs> All right, we're going to make this work. Thank you, Mike. All right, now, it comes It comes to... All right, let's see. Now, it comes to this... Tr trying to figure out where he did it on the song. This part where he's talking about the kids uh, banging in the back of the car like Charlie Watts, who's a drummer for the Rolling Stones, Drew. If you say so. Okay. Oh, boy. All right, let's just listen, and then I'll, I'll explain what happened. Now he starts yelling after he yells, like, I got the radio down. Wait. I just wanted to go to He starts yelling, Adam, Adam, Drew, <laughs> Drew, help me, help me. And uh, everyone was going nuts, or at least I was going nuts. <laughs> yeah, at least you, you imagined they were going nuts. I was screaming, like, just like, uh, you know, one of those kids at the Beatles concerts from yeah. the black and white footage right. of uh, them playing, like, Ed Sullivan? Oh, I'm and so then, embarrassed for your family. <laughs> and then... 
Then he starts yelling, uh, Adam, Adam, help me. Like, again, like 30 seconds later, Drew. And uh, I was just, I like, I just uh, creamed in my pants. All right, Mike. All right, so your life has hit a, a zenith. This is it. Yeah. This is as good as life gets for you. Yeah. I mean... Didn't uh, I see you the day after that? Yeah. You didn't mention it. I did. No. I didn't? No. Yeah, because oh. I have such disdain for you, Drew. You really it, because do. It really shows now. No, because, getting no, assaulted shut up. finally. We weren't, uh, we didn't have any time. We were, um, you know, doing the show. Yeah, and then we set our phone. All right, I knew I was going to tell you tonight. Yeah, I knew right. if I told you twice, you'd sit here like, uh, like right. a block of wood. You're right. As a matter of fact, you already do sit here like a block of wood, like a block of petrified <laughs> wood. Should we get to the phones? Yes. Anyway, it was quite a thrill. Uh, Adrian. Adrienne. Adrienne. Yeah. Adrian. 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 Mm -hmm. What's right. going on? Uh, how do you spell your name there, Adrian? It's A D I R E N N E. A D I R. Okay. Adrienne. Okay. My question is, I, I've heard Adam talk about um, how he believes that all women are bisexual, and I'm wondering what the motivation for that statement is, because I'm. Jeez, oh, uh, I don't remember making that one. No, well, you said... You <clears throat> what we said was that there are fewer barriers to women experimenting bisexually and that when they do, it, it, it less often turns into a homosexual choice. That's all, yeah. I mean, it's, it sounds like that. I mean, the statement more correct, no, no. correctly was... Well, well go ahead. That, uh, Let her make it. That um, all women are bisexual. Mm -hmm. and well, all, all humans are bisexual. That's uh, sort of established. And that's true. Really? Yeah, that's really that most sociologists, anthropologists believe that's the case, but that we we develop a very specific sexual orientation through the the social context in which we psychologically develop. Well, now wait a minute, Drew. You're saying we're not born with uh, proclivity sexually? We are born with proclivities, but but to the, you know you've heard me say to young people very often that that most adolescents, for instance, have same sex feelings. Yeah. That though that all humans have bisexual instincts and feelings. Right. We, we don't all we act don't on act them. on them, and if we and lived in a different a... society, maybe we would, but we don't. All right. But then that sounds as if that you could cultivate uh, either or or both by society, by media, um, whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, I think you can to a certain degree. I mean, look at it this way. I believe, and and uh, tell me what you think of this. I know we don't have any data to back this up, but I would bet you by the age of 18, now in 1997, a much higher percentage of women have had same-sex experiences, or let's say by the age of 20, than, than 20 they did ago. when you were in high school. 50 years ago. Oh, I mean, let's, let's oh, yes, do a real yeah. study oh, in yeah. 1938. Uh, yeah, huge, huge. Right? Yeah, huge difference. Huge difference. All right, yeah, now yeah. where did that come from? Did, did, did some uh, part of the brain just kick in biologically, well, or some is of this that... uh, more have to do with uh, Dennis Rodman's work? <laughs> I, I you think know some, what I'm saying? Some of it is acting out from bad family systems, really. I mean, some of it is a, a, a confusion of one's sexual orientation because the no, people never complete their development because the family systems are so chaotic. And that's, that's where a lot of this comes from today, I think. Right, and then but, society doesn't do anything to help people, to guide them in sort of uh, more contained directions. I would, I would think that society really is, especially lately, within the last few years, it's contributing. Guiding, especially women in a certain direction. I, I think it's just not, it's not assisting in containment, I think is how I'd put it. What, I don't and, understand what you mean by that. Well, that people have a lot of chaotic feelings these days and a lot of confusion about everything emotional, including their sexual orientation. And society is not doing, in fact, it's, it's doing the contrary. It's adding to the confusion rather than helping people contain disturbing, uh, confusing affect. See, there used to be a day 
And I long for these days where if you uh, acted out, you got uh, like the uh, nail that stuck uh, that stuck up got hit with the hammer. What I mean is, is uh, yeah, the consequence. Yeah, I mean, if you were sort of causing trouble, they put you out in the middle of town and they flogged you or they put a scarlet letter on you or they made it, you, you were ostracized, it, you were and, shunned. And I like those days. Well, you know what? That, now, that, oh, everyone's got to do their own thing. Yeah, hey, they're and, just expressing and themselves. both are bad. That's the reality. That, okay. that somewhere in between, we need to take into account um, sort of the, uh, a more realistic spectrum of human behaviors. And society needs to to create forces that move people in a healthy direction rather than contribute to unhealthy choices. How right. about that, Adrian? Um, We're getting close. So that's what I feel. All right, what's your problem? You into chicks? I'm beginning to wonder if maybe I am. But oh, that okay. But I haven't cut myself off from men either. Right. Well. It's been more of of a situation where, I mean, I'm 27 years old, and this is something that has only happened within the last few years. I mean, that, from what I've heard, from what I've read, any, anyone who is who is gay has made that kind of decision or has that feeling, you know, when in their teens, you know, mm, early 20s. Not well, always. Some, late 20s some people, even though you've never had any feelings prior to this? No. Not are you, are you, the last few years. Is at, it with one person, one particular person? No, actually with no person, with a f nameless, faceless person. So, someone who mm. who doesn't exist. I haven't had any kind of... Hmm. Fantasies Are you in the middle of therapy or something? Mystery lesbian. Are you in the middle of therapy or anything? No, not at all. Well, well, so what? So yeah. go experiment. I mean, you're an adult. Uh, well, we, all right. If you were 14, we wouldn't say experiment. Right, if you're 27, we'd say, well, these these may be right. valid feelings. But if you're married and you have kids, don't. Don't. Yeah. All right. Hey, Drew. That was good. Right on. What I done there, Christine? Hey. Hey, you're 20. Yeah. What's your hey. question? I have a question. Are there calories in semen? You know, you remember we had last had this question? Yeah. When did we have this question last? On the balcony of that huge hall in Colorado. Oh, right. Remember that? Yeah. And somebody stood up and said, uh, somebody told me that a seam has 2,000 calories. And I thought to myself, that is what I'm going to tell my daughter. Yes. <laughs> Hell, make it 5,000. Yeah, that, that it has 5,000 calories. It's and, like uh, uh, eating frosting right out of the can, sweetheart. I, I mean, I could say it was electrified and it wouldn't have as much <laughs> impact as that. And let me tell uh, you, you, you know, you come up with some uh, fancy term like uh, clinging calories. <laughs> These are 2,000 you can never get rid of. You can't sweat them off. You can't burn them off. They're just there. You can't even suck them out. Unfortunately, the reality is it has virtually none. Oh. Okay? Okay, thanks. Bye. I mean, how much... Uh, 2,000 calories. How many guys you got to be with before you're actually worrying about the uh, calorie properties of semen? You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, even if it just, e even if it was the same as, uh, you know, uh, 10 cc's of just uh, uh, sugar-ridden lard, even then, wouldn't you really yeah. have to uh, be on a bit of a roll? I mean, it's basically, orally. This, it's mucopolysaccharides. It's like what comes out of your nose when you blow it. Similar stuff. So if, to, if, if that had a lot of calories, we should all should be blowing our noses way of losing weight. I don't know what you're talking about. There's no way I could get my mouth up to my nose. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I see what you're talking about now. Keith. Yes. You're 26. Okay, when I was about 11, my grandfather was trying to promote sex on me, not not with me, um, telling me that it would clear up my skin and I would sleep better at night. Certainly. And, and the sex or masturbation? 
Well, he was telling me sex, but I wasn't interested in that then. So certain I cultures, like, certain cultures, uh, start start in on that in the in young adolescent males. Yeah, it and led I, me to masturbate. What's that? I started to masturbate. Yeah, well, right, um, right then and there no, while he was no, telling you the story, because that's a. Within I, I, I've always found that again in cultures that do this, they they really objectify women. And it's just, hey, the boy is having, he's not quite right. Let's get him a guy, get him a woman. You know, just some object that he can relieve himself and clear his skin. Yes. And it really, it's, it's not good. Where's no. your grandpa from? <laughs> he uh, was from Poland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's one of the cultures Drew is talking about or not. Any <laughs> uh, of those old world countries. Yeah. Um, but the problem that I'm having today is a few years after that, you know, my acne cleared up just with age. But I became somewhat addicted to masturbating because it put me to sleep. Ah, you've called the right man. So yeah. I, and now it's like 15 years later, and I cannot fall asleep without masturbating. It's not even pleasurable for me anymore. Like I kind of have to do it to fall asleep. Hmm. And last year I went to a doctor, but I left out the masturbating part, which I shouldn't have. And they prescribed clonopin, like for, for sleep. sleeping disorder. Yeah. Uh -huh. And now I'm addicted to that and to masturbating. Oh, gee. <laughs> That's nice. Uh, can you get addicted to that clonopin? Oh, yeah. yeah. Why would you give him... It was, it, was it that big a problem that you had to take that um, hardier well, I, drug? Uh, I just said I couldn't sleep. Clonopin is actually a good choice for sleep disorders. It is not a very addictive sleeping aid, but if you take it long enough, you will become dependent. Is that, is that the same stuff you scored us? No. Oh, it isn't? No. <laughs> Sorry, man. Uh, anyway, you know, Drew and I do a little traveling. It's important so to sleep So how do I wean myself while. off of this? That's uh, an interesting choice of words. How long have you been on it for? Well, we, which well, I'm not you, talking about the drug. I, no, I, I he's probably he's, get off He's that. trying to wean himself off uh, the wean. He's <laughs> been on that. Uh, did you start when you were 11? Probably 12 and a half. All right. So you have a good uh, 13, 14 years uh, under your belt. Yeah. Just under your belt. Hmm. All right. I'm done with my bizarre puns, Drew. Thank you. Uh, how about uh, compromising and uh, having yourself earlier in the day, like I do? I've, uh, I've, I take, uh, so, you know, you know, it is the culinary. Uh, I mean, it is the masturbatory um, version of what brunch is. <laughs> is is what I do. I, I got one. I got breakfast, uh, brunch, uh, lunch. What about what? If I, here's what I think you should do, Drew. What do you think of this? I think he, he starts doing it earlier yeah. and earlier and yeah. further away from his yes. bedtime. Now, the first time, he does it like 10 minutes before. Right. And then he goes to yeah. 15, well, then 20 minutes. Yeah. Not all on the same night. You'll, you'll chafe. But you know what I'm saying, Keith? <laughs> you go to eventually, uh, a month from now, you're masturbating at, uh, you know, 4.30 in the afternoon. And then you won't associate it with sleep. Right. But the problem then is that I'm still doing it to get to sleep. And I'm not doing it for a pleasurable experience. No, no you'll be I doing like it. You'll be doing no. it at ten o'clock in the morning. You do it at four thirty in the afternoon. You're yeah. doing it for pleasure. Yeah. You otherwise, I mean? otherwise you won't do it. But if you do it right before you go to bed, then that's what you need to go to bed. If you do it a half hour, watch a half hour TV and then go to bed, yeah. then you'll eventually not associate that. Yeah. That's reasonable. Gosh, good luck getting the remote out of the hand, D David. Hey, how's it going? You're 22. You're driving a semi. Yes, I am. I know what a tractor sounds like. <laughs> How's it going? Good. Good. Hey, uh, my question is... Uh, my Hold on. Night. What? Just wondering where he is. It just, it's where am I? Yeah, where are you? I'm on the 605. All right. No, nothing, nothing. Not as romantic, romantic as you <laughs> envision. Well, really? Is that loud? 
No, no. I mean, Drew pictured you um, going through like like a Coors commercial, <laughs> like you know, through uh, Rocky Mountain beer country, and you know, family of bears to the right, <laughs> snow capped mountains to the left, right. uh, no. pine forest straight ahead. <laughs> no, it's just uh, L.A. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, my girlfriend's been seeing her for like five months, and uh, she tells me she has lesbian dreams about uh, the the girls are faceless and. She starts to go down on her, and uh, right, right when she gets there, she wakes up. And uh, I'm wondering if uh, I should turn around, because I'm on the way to her house right now. I'm wondering if I should just turn around, or uh, what's, what that's all about. Uh, there's two schools of thought here. A uh, is, oh, big deal, everybody has dreams, a lot of people have same-sex dreams, so on and so forth, who cares? Okay, that's number one. Number two is... She's telling you about her same-sex dreams, which may be a way to sort of uh, broach that subject. Uh, you know uh, what I'm or, saying? Or, or whatever that subject means to her. I, but I, maybe know. she wants to get into that a little maybe. bit. And, and it's a real easy segue to say, or, I had this dream about yeah, this. Or maybe she was abused in some way and wants to sort of get to that and share that. I, I mean, something. You know? I've, I've asked her about that, if she would ever do that and everything. And she said there's and all this stuff. So. Hey, here's an interesting thing to ask her. And uh, I'll put him on hold, but he can still hear us, and that way we don't have to hear um, uh, BJ and the Bear back there, which is Drew's favorite show from the, the late 70s. <laughs> Stacks. Uh, two blonde twins with huge jugs. <laughs> what is that? BJ and the Bear Yeah. was uh, BJ, yeah. a good-looking truck driver. Uh, the Bear, which was the monkey, and then Stacks, which was this, like, big, busty, uh, one of the Landers sisters. Not the Dear Abby Landers, but uh, Landers twins. Right. Uh, who did all their best work on the Love Boat and all the shows. Remember those really good-looking, kind of slutty twins from right. the 70s? Right. Too much eyeshadow. Always wearing a pair of, uh, you know, dittos and uh, roller skates. Right. All right, anyway. Uh, what the hell? Oh, yeah. Here's what you should say to her. I mean, you tell me what you think of this. All right. I think you should say to her, not only what do you think this dream means, and I'm not uh, judging you, I'm just curious what your take on it is, and number two, what do you think you telling me the dream means? Yeah. I mean, normally, when somebody has a dream that's a little bit embarrassing or a little bit bizarre, they oftentimes keep it to themselves. Like, I dreamed that uh, I was trapped under a coffee table and Drew Carey was urinating on me last night. Really? Yeah. Why are you telling us that? I was using it as an example, uh, the, oh, thus okay. uh, using myself as a bit of a martyr. I see. He lived uh, on Laurel Canyon in North Hollywood with his mom in an apartment, much like the one uh, my dream. dad used to live at. In the dream. Yeah. I was wondering why a guy was making good money, was still living at home. Mm -hmm. Turned out he was a little bit out of control. Somehow, I tripped and got uh, like uh, caught under a coffee table. It was almost like being in like a dog carry-on cage, you know, the four legs around you and sort yeah, of under. Yeah. And uh, he urinated on me. Do you think that means anything? Yeah, <laughs> something. I'm, I'm processing. <laughs> you know, the beauty of uh, my dreams is there's no doubt that they're bizarre and twisted and and uh, that they're you know if, if fueled from hell. Yes. But they're so damn twisted that even uh, even trained minds can't take a stab at them. You know what I mean? No, they're usually transparent. They're pretty simple once you get away from all the color. But what does Drew Carey urinating on me have we'll, to do? We'll get to it. And you know, the thing that's funny about me is like I'll see Drew Carey and I'll be mad at him next time I see him. Right. 
Because <laughs> he, he peed on you. Well, yeah, okay. he certainly tried. I, uh, a lot caught the coffee table throw, and some went into the fruit bowl. But, yeah, I did get hit. We'll be back. Oh, hey. Mike. All of my most sensitive areas. All right, everybody. True Car, you know how much I love these guys and their app. I spend uh, a lot of time on it. And it's a way to see exactly what's going on in your area. Pick a car, learn about the cars, and see what people are paying for the very car, the exact car you want. You know, there was previous ways to buy cars. You went and hang out on a lot. Now technology evolves. Everything evolves. Buying cars evolves. It advances. It makes sense that there's a new and better way to buy a car. Well, that's now called True Car. The True Car app is special, unique. Their certified dealer network is unsurpassed. They partner with over 10,000 True Car certified dealers that believe in a new way to buy a car. It's hassle-free. It's easy. It's fun. Use the True Car app. You can get guaranteed savings. True Car certified dealers will honor the savings that are guaranteed and locked in at True Car on your True Car app. It is that simple. True Car and True Car certified dealers. And using True Car certified dealers, you will save an average of $3,221 off MSRP. No headaches, no hassle. It's fun. And if you don't even want to buy a car, you just want to learn about it, check out the app. Two million cars sold through True Car certified dealer network, and you will work directly with the certified dealer contact. It is easy. It's evolved. It's technology. It's made simple. It's about time. Fiona Apple, and you're listening to Loveline with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. Yes, uh, she is there. Uh, yeah, I guess they're listening to this. Phone number for <laughs> Loveline, 1-800-LOVE-191. Fax number 310-854-4455. Adam Carolla, Dr. Drew. <sighs> and it's back to the phones we go. Adam? Yes, yes, sir. You're 18. Yes, I am. How you guys doing tonight? Good. How are you doing? Not too bad, not too bad. All righty then. Drew, I have a comment for you real quick. Yeah? Dude, you on Charles Grodin, what the heck, dude? Why should I... I mean, he is like, he doesn't even know what he's talking about, and you were just stupendous. I am, I'm sorry, I love you, Drew, you're just like, everything you say... Well, thank you, but you, you mean, I shouldn't be on that show, is what you're saying? Yes. Yeah, we Adam and I have this. I didn't know what I was getting into, frankly, and Adam and I have decided we're not going on that show. Anymore. Well, let me explain how these shows work. Um, when they call you, they do stuff like this. First off, you get a call. Um, hi, my name is uh, Tina uh, Braswanski. <laughs> I'm uh, with uh, Charles Grodin show. Charles would be delighted if you. Okay. Then you go on the show and you realize uh, Charles has mispronounced your name. It's uh, Dr. Jew and Adam Ahola. <laughs> I mean, the, he doesn't know. So for, for, for the first part is Charles wouldn't be delighted. Charles yeah. doesn't remember you from the last time you were there, and he didn't like you that time either. Uh, the number two thing they don't tell you is, is they've called... Uh, first off, uh, 15 other people dropped out before they called you. Are you serious? Uh, I, this is my suspicion. <laughs> because after all, we are B celebrities. And number two, they call eight other people and put them on the show with you. So the call you get, which is, Charles is a big fan of the show. Well, and then, Charles and then they would be quote, honored if you To me, they out. start quoting all kinds of substance. Yes, we're going to have a, you know, a thorough discussion of the issues of uh, family in America. We'd like, and, to, yeah. we'd like oh, to, great. I'd like to attack uh, social mores and I, okay, talk about who, it. Who? And then you get on there and, hey, it's Rip Taylor, everybody. <laughs> 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 you're, you're sandwiching between Mother Love and Rip Taylor. 
And that's that's exactly right. Who is that guy from E.T.? He had, like, no business at all. Well, believe me, he wasn't first on anyone's list either. <laughs> Some Don't think they don't ask uh, for, you know, George Clooney. Oh, I know they don't. No, they do. That would, that would be like... They do. They just work their way down. <laughs> and then, that's like at the very bottom of the list. Well, here's what it is. And I, I've just come up with a mathematical equation. Uh -huh. and, I, and I think I figured this out, Drew. And here's how all these shows work. You either have one George Clooney or you have um, a seventh of George Clooney. And which seven is, of those. Which is Drew. Yeah. And collectively, you still don't really make one. But you make like one guest collectively. Now, Drew, in my book, you're two sevens. <laughs> oh, thank you. God bless you. Yeah. So. I have another question. Yeah. Okay, is uh, smoking marijuana, is it bad for you? I mean, uh, what's the what's the real yeah, the, side the, effects of, you know... Occasional you know, use is probably not going to hurt anybody. Okay. Okay? Uh, chronic daily use over years mm -hmm. definitely hurts airways. Okay. The long, you get a sort of a chronic bronchitis type picture. What, what would that entail like? like but it's, it's all right like, because you don't really need to breathe when you're high all the time, like, do you, Drew? Like an emphysema type picture. Okay. Well, what are you doing? You know, when you're when you're high, you ain't you're not a triathlete. You don't breathe. All right. Uh, that there is definitely some effect on the central nervous system, the majority of which appears to be reversible, and there is definitely a severe addictive disease. Uh, and the people that are prone to addiction, almost without exception, have a family history of alcoholism. Yes, I. Unfortunately, I do. Yeah, and, but I'll tell you, what, even all, not all alcoholics become marijuana addicts. The the sort of essential syndrome of marijuana addiction is an immediate euphoria when you first get high from the drug. It's usually the third or fourth time you use it, and then persistent preoccupation thereafter. Mm -hmm. I'm off the weed now, Trevor. Good. Can't score. Terry. Hello. You're 19. Mm-hmm. What's going on? My husband wants to have a threesome, and I'm willing to do it for him, but I wonder to know if it would affect our marriage at Yes. Time. What do you think? I think it will. Yes, it yeah. will. There's a... We have a one-year-old daughter. Oh, please. Right. Tell him to... How old is he? He's 25. <clears throat> Hold on a second, Terry. Okay. I was uh, at a bookstore today, just... <laughs> buying a car magazine but i was uh well you know i always feel you know i'm such an idiot i'll go into a bookstore and i'll go right for the magazine rack and then stand there and look at road and track or uh, you know some porno publication <laughs> for an hour and a half and then walk out and I realize i didn't have to go to a bookstore to do this <laughs> and so what i'll do oftentimes is go look at another legitimate book to sort of uh, satisfy either god or the manager at the bookstore so i don't look like a guy who just walked in and stood by a magazine rack right uh, by the way which i could have went to the 7-eleven or the circle k and looked at the uh, stupid uh, lowrider magazine over there but so I'll go look in our magazine. Anyway, so I was looking at a book about uh, these uh, two teenage uh, kids that uh, just went and killed this old lady and just stabbed her repeatedly. It's a true story, one of these crime books. And, uh, you know, the kids were abused and they had broken home and just decided to be nice to kill somebody. And I just really started thinking about the parents of these kids and how not even in a uh, removed way, they are responsible yes, for the yeah. murder yes. of this woman. When, Directly uh, responsible. Right. When you when you have a dog and they go out and the, the dog goes out and tears up a neighbor or two, 
they put the dog down, yeah. which they have to do, yeah. which these animals need to do and now. And then they go after the owners. Then they go right to the owners, yeah. and then they they destroy these people. Yeah. They yeah. garnish their wages, whatever it is, yeah. sue them, yeah. whatever it takes, because yeah. they are the people that created the dog. And and the only and let it loose. But the only defense on society, society that the rest of us have is to have consequences, so people don't create these kinds of beings. Right. So society. Again, my, I, I was, somebody asked me last night, you know, what what can you do to, to create impact on society? And I thought, you know, at least we're trying to change the culture and stuff. But you know what? The government has to change. That's it. Has to change. It has to has to focus on creating forces that make people behave in a healthy way. Right. That's all. Now, here's how this ties into Terry. Terry's uh, 19. She's already married. She already has a kid. Lord knows there'll be a, one or two more on the way. Perhaps she'll uh, get a bun in the oven during uh, during the threesome. The, hus- the hubbies, obviously a little immature, a little out of control, uh, break up, uh, broken marriage, a kid unattended to, and then he goes off and becomes the uh, potential serial killer of the year uh, 2000 and beyond. Terry? Uh-huh. Uh, see, I got your future all mapped out. <laughs> now, your, your husband is how old again? 25. 25. And why did you get married so early? Pregnant. I, I'm not sure. I love him. And mm-hmm. I thought it would be the best for me. Mm-hmm. And how long have you been married? Going on two years. Mm-hmm. And how's your family doing? Your mom and dad. Actually, I don't talk to my. Well, I talk to my mom, but I don't talk to my dad. Hmm. How come? He doesn't want to talk to me anymore. How come? Well, him and my mom broke up, and he just went on his own way. He was always abusing us, always hitting us. All right, see, there's the guy. Let's get him. Let's go get him. Send your team out. All right. you got to create this team. And I, I have guys. They're big Samoan guys in Hawaiian shirts with pork pie hats. But how about the... the in the, dark uh, wraparound ray bound sunglasses. And what the hell's going on there? Hello. All right, Terry. Uh-huh. Listen, I, I know Commissioner Gordon's <laughs> <laughs> calling you, but uh, don't do this. And okay. tell your husband, uh, refuse to do this, please. Okay. Tell your husband to, to start working on this relationship and have some respect for you. And don't do anything for him. Do things for the relationship, for the family. I mean, don't do things that, that he wants to do that you really don't want to do that could destabilize your relationship mm-hmm. with your family. Boy, he found himself a nice little victim there. Yes. yes. Uh, here's the deal. I don't want to sound like uh, some old uh, fogey who's um, against everything that uh, feels good. Lord knows I condone most of that stuff. And uh, I don't mind a threesome. And, um, geez, God knows I don't mind a threesome. And uh, Drew over here doesn't mind a threesome either. People don't realize that Drew is not opposed to it conceptually. Uh, if you're, uh, you know, having a little Club Med vacation with you and one of your buddies, and uh, you wear, run into, uh, you put a condom on, and you run into the chick who's uh, hosting over at the Tiki Hut, and uh, the chick who teaches scuba diving, or the guy who teaches scuba diving, you guys all want to roll around in the sand, uh, God bless you, and I don't think Drew has a problem with that either. I, I'm a little against it, but... Because usually the women are kind of acting out and sort of supporting some pathology. But all right, all right, but all right, all right, all right so what the hell? You're yeah. not filming it and but, selling it. Yeah, but, but it's not a disaster. But if you're married... Disaster. And if you have a kid... Oh. That's it. Because uh, it is going to affect the relationship, and then ultimately um, it's going to affect the kid. And then ultimately the kid is going to affect society, and then that's going to affect uh, my taxes. <laughs> and I swear that's to God, if, line, it? if they go higher than 50%, I'm moving to uh, Geneva, and I'm, I'm going to be uh, hosting um, a, a cheese show. <laughs> it's called the 
Cheese and chocolate. Girlsburg presents. <laughs> All right. Cheese and chocolate. <laughs> I have like an oom-pa-pa band doing the theme song. It's going to be great. All right, we'll be back. There's a great new show here on Podcast One Network, and right now I'm going to tell you all about them because they're doing the same for this podcast. That's why we are one big happy family. This show is called Fempire. It's like an empire run by females, and these happen to be young, attractive, intelligent, articulate, and uh, addicted to crazy things that happen every day in reality and entertainment in the Twitter sphere. <laughs> Everybody on the floor, this is Ice T. You're listening to Love Line with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. Nobody moves, nobody gets hurt. Yes, we haven't seen him in a while, have we? No, man. He's doing a TV show. Oh, his own TV? Well, he's in a TV show. It's like uh, he plays uh, Special Forces uh, FBI. The Practice? He's oh, not he's in that? The Practice, the play. Oh, Whatever, man. One <laughs> okay, no, it ain't The Practice. But uh, is it the player? I don't know. I don't know. It's on like Fox or UPN. Because if I feed it into your ear, you'll say it. Normally I go along with it, but I know the practice is about doctors or lawyers. He plays like an FBI guy. Anyway, who cares? I think it's on Friday nights. Anyway, and uh, maybe you can get him on. And he could clear it up for us. All right. All right. Hopefully he's not listening. Drew? Yep. All right. Janelle. Yeah. You're 26. Yep. How are you guys doing? Good. No, oh, that's good. I got a question for you guys. I've been together with my boyfriend for six years, and we have two kids together. And recently, I've been wanting to get married, and he absolutely does not want to get married. Why? I he says that. He doesn't feel that our relationship is stable enough. <laughs> and that... Why doesn't he work on making it more stable then? You got two kids with the guy. Right. Wasn't a concern of his uh, when number two was on the way? Uh, well, yeah, that's my point now. You know, I mean, we've been together six years. We've had problems, but, you know, we're together now. and We've been together six years, and... You know, I want to get married and go on, you know. Mm -hmm. to, get, to get divorced or no, no just to go on? I no, we've both, we've both been married before. Uh, and so... You were married before you were 20? Yep. Mm. I got married when I was 16. Hold on a second. Hold on. All right. Drew, we got to do some gambling. I don't have any money. Oh, I don't for Christ's sake. What do you mean you don't have your wallet? I don't have my wallet. Listen, man, I saw you leaving Starbucks tonight. I know. My wallet's in the car. Can we go get it? Go get it. Right now. Yeah, okay. take, come on. Oh, look. We got a dollar yeah, in go. here. Thank you. Hey, you, you. Drew, nobody gets out to their car uh, faster than you do. All right. I mean, like Jesse Owens going out to that Volvo. You could have got out. You could have got been out there and back by the hey, time I, I, I got my wallet. I hear they have a device out. now that unlock and start your car, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, you can hook them right up to that alarm yeah, beeper. Yeah, I want that. Yeah. You got to find one to take care of your wife, though. You know, something, something <laughs> you could push just to, like, instant coma. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, I saw her yesterday. She's a, a delight. See? And uh, your beautiful daughter as well. Thank you. All right. Let's do, uh, I just thought, you know, see, that's Adam's brain working. Uh, bashed on Drew's wife. Uh, may see her over at the TV show. She could be listening tonight. Time to backtrack. No. No. Also she, she gave me a kiss. Yeah. It was very delightful. 
I think she was coming on to me, actually. Um, all right, so we're going to gamble. Oh, boy, there's trouble here. First off, she sounds drunk. Or she just sounds like someone who's into drugs or substances. Yeah, tobacco. They all sound like Demi Moore. Yeah. Um, she has two kids with some guy who she has a semi-turbulent relationship with. Been and uh, been with this guy since she was 20 and already divorced. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know. Married at 16. Mm. I guess that's a pretty good run then. Mm-hmm. Four uh, years with one guy, six years with another. Um, I'm guessing uh, pretty overt abuse from Papa. Had to get out of the house at 16 to marry. Uh, I'm going with physical abuse on Papa. Uh, dad, out of, out of control, alcoholic, just just chaotic, abusive family. You know what I mean? Maybe, may, you know, abused everybody. Mm, that's kind of mine, isn't it? Though with the abuse. All right, um, Why don't you go sexual? Mm, I'll just go just no overt striking, but just alcoholic, out of control, dad. Mm, crazy family. System. All right, Janelle. Yep. What do you think? No, no. I lost my dad when he was when I was fourteen. To what? Cancer. Cancer. And no, I don't use drugs. I'm sick. <laughs> um, but no, we'll I left to, my we'll, dad at 14. Well, we're sorry to hear that, but we're going to dig something up here. You don't, <laughs> you don't get married at 16. No, I got married at 16, rebelling against my mom, because I had been through so much when I was young. What, you know, what was so my much? Uh, how was how was? Uh, but um, I, I know uh, you don't want to uh, disrespect the dead or anything. But how was your relationship with your dad before he passed away? Um, my dad was very strict. Um, he wasn't. He didn't drink or anything. Um, but he was very strict and mm-hmm. spanked you and, a lot. Huh? Spanked you. Mm, no, but if I mean I had got uh, he spanked me, but not you know like abusive, um, just very strict. Um, he he grew up in a very large family, mm-hmm. like with um, a total of eight brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. So, and his family was really strict. And the only thing that I grew up around was with my my parents fought you know, argued a lot. Mm, that's chaotic to some degree. Yeah, and I think when... You don't, listen, you don't get married at 16 just sort of on a whim. I mean, because, right. uh, listen, you want to rebel against your mom, you get your navel pierced. Right. <laughs> or you dye your hair. You don't go uh, tie the knot. Right. Navel piercing wasn't in then, though. <laughs> uh, well, how, old, how old was the guy you married when you were 16? Um, he was, let's see, he was 18. Oh, boy. All right. So um, your dad did strike you, though, didn't oh, he? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. All right. That's, that's I'll take use. the two bucks. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did get, I get spanked, but, you know. Um, All right, but it wasn't the uh, alcoholic, out-of-control no. environment. No, not at all. Yet it wasn't a great environment. No, right. All right. There was some chaos there. Yes. All right, and you want to get this guy to marry you. And here's my bet with this guy. He's saying, well, the relationship couldn't handle the marriage. Uh, There's there's still so many things to work out. Yet his way of working it out is uh, watching uh, tractor pulls in American Gladiators while polishing off a six or Mickey's, right? There's no way. No, he doesn't drink at all. Actually, he's listening to you guys. He's at work right Uh now. (laughs) <laughs> not a big guy, is he? But he uh, no. he's not dragging you into the couple's therapist's office right. to say, well, we'll go ahead and hurry up and work this out so we right. can get married. Right. Well, his marriage, you know, I think his problem, this is what I think. His first marriage lasted all of three months. 
Mm-hmm. And he really, you know, wanted to be married. And then now it's like he's totally scared to get married again because he thinks that, okay, I got married the first time. Nah, so much, and then that doesn't fit. Um, no, not really. I mean, no. it, it, can, it can add to it a little bit. But the bottom line is, is you have two kids. Hell, listen, if you're listening, even if you're going to get divorced in three or four years, you get married. Make you, it go that way it. the kids think that you're married and uh, that way you can get divorced. And that way later on when the kids ask, you know, when friends ask the kids, when your folks get divorced, they go, uh, when I was nine... And then you think to yourself, oh, well, they were together for a little while. Not knowing that they got married 18 months <laughs> before the ninth birthday. It's just, look, he needs to, he has already created a family. You're already in. You're in. Get married. You're in. Take it, you know, uh, do what's appropriate uh, for these three people whose lives you are dramatically affecting. Let's try to affect them in a proper and positive way. Sarah, you're 14. Hello? Yes. Okay, I was wondering if there was anything I should know about, like, navel piercings, like, what the drawbacks were. See, that's what Janelle should have been at 14. Right. Sarah, yeah, this is what this is what that kind of rebellion is about. Right. But, but I'm not rebelling. Right. I just really like it. Right. Uh, what do you, you want to know, what, if you can get infections and stuff like that? Yeah, I, like, wanted to know, like... It's one of the com- more common sites of rejection. So you get some pretty dramatic local reactions. Red skin, seepage from the wound. And there can be infection, and you can even get serious infections, like the flesh-eating bacteria. I mean, they can happen. Probably won't, but it could. It would, like, eat my skin? Good. <laughs> yeah, but that'd be really the ultimate form of rebellion. Walking around with no skin? That's huge. <laughs> Scab girl? Parents would be pissed. <laughs> now, Sarah, nothing's going to happen. You can get it pierced. But well, she's 14. Oh, you can't get it pierced. You're too young. Why not? I don't know. Why not, Drew? I, I don't think they can do it. I don't think most places would do it unless a parent were with her. Well, yeah, but see, like, my parents are thinking about letting me. Oh, they are? Right, well. Oh, boy. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to, uh, when my, uh, if my kid on their uh, 13th birthday, we're moving to the mountains, we're going to live like Jeremiah Johnson <laughs> up there. We're just going to tramp, uh, sell pelts, uh, something. The kid's going to be so busy Surviving. Uh, just collecting firewood yeah. uh, that they won't even have time to think about that. Yeah. Oh, boy. All right. Uh, uh, you'll be fine then. No? no, no, if no. You're, you know, no? Hold on a second there. Joanna. Yes. You're 31. I'm 31. Mm-hmm. And my doctor uh, put me on antidepressants about two years ago. And um, since that, I have had no sex drive. Well, you're probably on one of the serotonin reuptake inhibitors like Prozac or Paxil or Zoloft, something like that, right? Zoloft. Zoloft. And that's one of the more common side effects and complaints that people have from this class of medication. Uh, if you're interested in staying with the same, you've had a good response with the medicine. You've, you've, you're, yeah, you've, yeah. It, it has really helped me. I had my first baby when I was uh, 28. Mm-hmm. Well, well, you had a post after that. You had a postpartum depression. Yeah, very the, severely. And uh, about a year after that, he put me on uh, the Zoloft, and my sex life has just been a nightmare after. But that's that's that class. There is a medicine called Serazone that works almost exactly the same as Zoloft. I tried that one, and it made me really sick to my stomach. Mm, 
that you you might want to try again, starting at much lower doses. Uh, wash it down with clamato. <laughs> with what? All right. Tomato beer. <laughs> oh, there's something called tomato bear. Tomato beer. Tomato beer is oh, that what you said. Well, it's basically what, what clamato is. It's uh, taking uh, finally. Somebody taking the uh, zesty taste of uh, tomato juice and married it to the uh, tangy allure of clams. Clams, yeah. <laughs> that is, uh, oh boy, there ain't, uh, just, you. You I, can't I, be. You got to be albino trash to be into that. No, but I've talked to my doctors about it. Yeah, and they just don't seem like it's that big of a deal. It's a real and common. My husband. Yeah, is, it's a real common it's side a effect. Really big deal. And with my it's husband. a big deal with everybody when they get this well, side effect. It's a big deal with me because I just can't. You uh, go back get into the sex drive. And you go back and uh, re-explore other options because there's certainly other medications you could be on. And again, serazone is a very reasonable oh, to I, start with lower. You know what? I hate to say this too, but uh, Joanna, how tough is it to put out? I mean, no, 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 no. You've been married for a while. Really feeling up to it. Oh, I never feel no, up to anything. No, but this is, it's really when, shut down with this medicine. People, really? People, Listen, when it's really on your mind and you really want to do it, but you just can't get that, uh, you want to. Going? I can't explain to you how it is. People, yeah, people usually have trouble describing it, and they usually describe it as actually being, like, irritating. Like, the whole idea is like, oh, it's, okay. what, is, what is he so doing? it's not even that you're neutral to it's the like idea. A, it's like a negative, yeah. It's like, oh, this is irritating. What is, what is, ooh, what doesn't make sense even, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. All right, and all right. You want to do it. You want to have sex, but you just... How about a little oral sex? Really? No, I'm, I'm not offering myself. I'm saying, you know, to yeah, your husband. I'm saying, well, that, well, I I have done that too. So yeah, I mean, here's the deal. I just thought, you, well, okay, I'll just go ahead and do this. And, right. How's and that? And I I think that I don't really give my husband the signals to go ahead and uh, progress past that. Well, I mean, what have you said this? I mean, um, hey, I I know we don't want to treat it like uh, we're you know uh, trading. Um, you know, uh, pelts and beads with the Indians here. But what if you said, listen, I'm on this medication. I'm really not up to the, um, the intercourse aspect of it. But if you can if you can, you can squeeze a shot off in under five minutes, uh, I'll go down and take care of you. Right, exactly. And he probably, you know, uh, you've been married for how long? Uh, Ten years. He's in. <laughs> Count him in for that one. <laughs> All right, and just do that. That'll take a little the uh, starch out of his sail. And meanwhile, she goes back to the doctor. Simple, everyday, working-class answers, Drew, and that's what I'm about. Wonderful. I don't, think, I don't think they're aware of how much they... Tis the season to go shopping. Click on Amazon and we get paid. What's that supposed to mean? All right, we're probably not going to get a Grammy for that little ditty. You're damn right. But it is true. You know you're going to be shopping Amazon this holiday season, right? And we know that if you use the Amazon link on the homepage of this little old podcast, Amazon will throw a few coins our way to help keep the lights on and pay for what we do to make the show. So you get all the cool stuff you want without ever leaving the house. And we get to keep doing the show for you. You see, everybody wins. I'm happy, I'm happy. Happy holidays, whichever ones you're celebrating. From the dreidel-spinning, Kwanzaa hat-wearing stocking stuffers, right here at PodcastOne.com. Drew? Yeah. Would you say you're more uh, techno or, or dance-oriented? Or? No, I'm techno all the way. All the way? Yeah. Me too. Mike? Yeah. Put you down for techno? Great. This is... Radio 
Hey, it's the Love Line. I'm Adam Carolla. That is Dr. Drew. He's a board-certified physician, all that stuff. Phone number, 1-800-LOVE-191. Drew, uh, please put outside reading material underneath your seat or desk, and we'll proceed accordingly. the class. Yeah. That's what he used to have to tell people when I taught. Spit out that gum? Comedy traffic school, ladies and gentlemen. What a gig. What a gig that was. Head out to uh, Whittier. Mm-hmm. Be there uh, Sunday morning about 8.45. And deal with uh, about 35 students who uh, none of them deserve to be there. Of course. Yes, of course, yes. And uh, pissed as hell that they were spending a Sunday uh, listening to my ass uh, for seven and a half hours. And basically blamed me <laughs> for being there because I was the sort of representation of the man. Wow. Ah. Oh. What a gig that was. Any good stories? Because I was really hot for one of the chicks once (laughs) and pilfered her number off the uh, list. I know it's a little bit of a boundary breaker there. Uh, Called her at home. uh, Oh. I I had a whole story planned about her not properly filling out a piece of paperwork. And what happened? Her Uh, mom answered. No. Got one of those uh, answering machines with the dude's voice on it and uh, decided not to leave a message. Never really got busted. They used to have DMV guys who'd come monitor your class and bust you. And uh, Lord knows I'd be in a world of trouble because I did not teach according to uh, the code at all. I was actually the world's greatest teacher. So people would walk in my class two, three hours late. Sit down. Uh, they would start offering up an excuse. I drove all the way out from out. Uh, sit down. <laughs> the, uh, the, the guy over at the traffic department told me we're supposed to be. Uh, sit down. I don't care. Give me your 35 bucks and sit down. Get out of here. Uh, one time, took the class outside and taught them a lesson about, um, I think, friction and aerodynamics using a Frisbee for about three hours. Three hours. One time, uh, went out with a couple of guys who took me out to lunch who were students. We got an hour uh, lunch break. Mm-hmm. Um, went out to a Mexican restaurant. Uh, margaritas. Had a couple of margaritas and Showed up about two and a half hours later. Ooh. I had the key to the classroom, and the entire class was sitting on the curb uh, out in the street waiting for me to come back. But to them, they don't care because they're there from, you know, 9 a.m. till yeah. 4.30. And uh, whether their instructor shows up with a sombrero, yeah. uh, um, you know, and a lampshade on his head, they don't care. Just as long as the uh, time, is, uh, time is spent. But the thing that was funny is they used to teach for a place called... Let us amuse you. L e t t u s u c e. Right. So you <laughs> you know it's good. And they would always tell me, "Listen, Adam. Here's one thing that you're missing. You and we instruct all our instructors to do this. You go out there, and the first thing you do is explain to the students um, y- your credentials." And, you know, go ahead and embellish them a little bit, uh, how you've been working, you've been on the road, and you've been opening for, you know, this, you know, Billy Crystal or Bill Cosby and Vegas and blah, 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 blah. Make sure they think you're a top-notch stand-up comedian before you begin the class because that's what they're paying for. And I thought to myself, uh, listen here, Tardos, it's Sunday. Uh, I'm in Whittier. I'm wearing a clip-on tie. Uh, it's 8.45 in the morning. How good is the career going? Yes. And uh, how much, uh, uh, you know what I mean? Is Billy Crystal going to take this gig for 95 bucks a day? Ooh, no. 95 bucks. 
Yeah. That's big money. Yeah, but I taught uh, one and a half classes a week or something, and they're always a million miles away. So the point is, is how are you going to convince these people you're a big-time stand-up comedian when you're talking to them? Right. In uh, some YMCA flop house. Right. That, it would impress them even less. Right. Uh, I figure, let's not lie. Maybe I'll just be funny and they'll think I'm right. a decent stand-up right. instead of uh, trying to talk them into it in advance. Were you ever funny? Funny? No. I don't think so. Michael. Hello. Hey, I know what goes good with the Clamato is a nice egg salad sandwich. Yeah. Oh, That's good. the beef motto. Yeah. <laughs> beef motto, uh, egg salad uh, sandwich, with and a... Nice, uh, yeah, maybe pimento sandwich. You know, it's like the um, uh, white trash boilermakers where you take the jigger of Mountain Dew and you drop it into the beef motto and <laughs> shotgun the whole thing down. <laughs> All right, and that's the last thing I'm going to say about uh, Mountain, Mountain Dew yes. because uh, I don't want a little talking to from the management. Like yeah, well, anyways. Apparently Mountain Dew owned by Pepsi. I had no idea. Well, my question is, how do you, uh, how does one... Not keep choosing the same woman, but you know the dysfunctional, the the father's an a-hole, and the mom's real obsessive. And then I go in, and I think I can save them from all this hell. Well, have you have you really accepted that you can't save them? Uh, let's see. The, it's been like my, the fifth relationship now, and I haven't accepted it. Well, well here's the uh, point. I'd, here's the angle I'd like to work here, Drew. Yeah. If you can pull yourself away from the reading material okay. for just one moment. Oh, look at you, Drew. You've become very casual. Um, and I found this with myself. Uh, the saner I get, uh, the further along in life I get, uh, the better I, I do in my career, whatever the hell I'm trying to do, the better uh, women I, I tend to choose. Right. So instead of sitting around and working on a very specific problem you may have work or flaw... Yeah, work on your career, work on your, you know, relationships with, you know, family, friends, whatever. I mean, I don't want to sound too trite here, but what I'm saying is, is get yourself, uh, elevate yourself, and then you start going. I mean, there's a reason why guys who are very successful and do real well and uh, are very accomplished. Uh, well, no, wait, I shouldn't but say look, that because they was going out with the cokeheads. Well, yeah, you know, at least they're good looking. People make the same good errors uh, at whatever level, whatever stage in life they All are. All right, in. let's. I don't want to equate it to money. Then what I want to equate it to is do the work on yourself. So he feels and, better about himself, so he doesn't need to feel good about himself by fixing somebody else. That's part of it. The saner you are, the saner your decisions are. Yeah, the better your decisions are, right? Right. And, and, and whether that be a relationship or when to uh, call in the designated driver, whatever it is, you just make better decisions. I mean, I mean, there's sort of two issues in somebody that behaves like this. One is that the one's self-worth is not good, and it's a way of making oneself feel better by picking somebody lower on the PRS scale mm -hmm. and then fixing them. Uh, the PRS is a personal rating, rating system. Right. Yeah. It's your, your, Which it's I, your scale. I really... Uh, I really took Drew down last time we tried that, too. I that keeps coming up. Yeah. Uh, and that he probably really has never individuated from his family or his mom, even. Mm. And so he sort of looks for these fused, dysfunctional relationships. Mary Kay? Uh-huh. You're 19. Uh-huh. What's going on? Um, well, I just moved to Utah and from Idaho about three weeks ago. Mm -hmm. They're the same place to me, by the way. Yeah. Okay. And, um... I mean, I they are to her, too. 
I was engaged in Idaho, and I just came down here to stay a weekend with my sister. Well, I got convinced to stay down here in Utah, mm -hmm. and I met this guy before I came down here, and he lived in Utah, and I kind of fell in love with him. Well, hold on. You met him before you came to Utah? Yeah. It was just coincidence that he lived in Utah? Well, yeah. He he knew my sister, uh -huh. and I guess he wanted to meet me. Uh, why? 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 I don't know. Saw your picture or something around the apartment. Uh-huh. Did he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Hey, Drew, how about some kudos Brilliant. here? Brilliant. Thank you. I should uh, just... Hey, here's a new idea for a show. Um, um, phone police. Uh, no, let's see. Uh, lieutenant uh, Operator. Well, we'll work out the yeah, name. No, the no, no. Is, Still coffee solve, and donuts. Still coffee and donuts. Uh, coffee and donuts, but we solve crime over uh, the phone. Yeah, forensic operators. Yes. <laughs> forensic talk show hosts. Right. We just solve crime, but we never actually go out in the street. And there's all these great stories that revolve around stuff that we get involved with, we peek into through the, the phone line. This is brilliant, Drew. Someone's got to write this down. All right, so, but didn't you say you were engaged in Idaho? Yeah, I was. What was that all about? Um, Why didn't that work out? Well, I really don't know because I just caught up and left one week and didn't tell Why? my fiancé. Oh, you didn't, you didn't break up with them or anything? Nuh-uh. Why? Took, took the ring? I have the ring still. And, okay. Um... What is the deal? I don't know. I fell in love with this other guy down here in Utah mm -hmm. that was calling me in Idaho. And I don't know. I'm just... But he's married. This other guy is married. And mm -hmm. his marriage is not even working out at all. Uh, really? You sure it's not in full bloom, his love? Uh, him calling uh, different states based on pictures he saw at some chick's house to see if he could uh, wrangle up uh, some new trim to come on out. To what a quality Utah. man, Mary Kay. I, I understand why you'd be uh, overcome by this man's uh, Actually, it's commonplace overtures. in Utah, uh, Drew. Well, well, how old is the guy? He's 25. Mm. Mary Kay, this is a mess. What the hell are you thinking, Mary Kay? I don't know. Well, what kind of guy is your is your fiance or your ex fiance? Well, my fiance, he's forty. He's oh. old enough to be my dad. Why? Why? I have no idea. Mm. Hey, why? Why? Well, how he was that born happen? in nineteen fifty-seven. Yeah, he ended up being with such an older guy. I have no idea. I just like I said, he called me one day from. Well, you sound like somebody that. No, wait, that... how'd you get hooked up with the forty-year-old? He called you one day too. No. My sister. Um, your sister again? What is up with this woman? Where is your sister? God forbid my right sister now? should get me some trim. Which one? Wait, oh, you have a bunch of sisters. I got a bunch? Oh, uh, boy. Uh, and what did, where's your dad? My dad. He's in Idaho. Mm hmm Did he um, do anything weird to you or your sisters? No. No? What are you hesitating about? Hi. Why do you hesitate? What does my husband say? Okay. Why do you hesitate? It's a word that means slow down. Stopped. Okay. Like, what do you mean? Hesitate about what? Okay. All right. Mary Kay? What? We're going on far too long about this. You're making a world of bad decisions. I don't suspect that Troy or myself are going to talk you out of these. So here's what I want you to do. All right. Use a little love line reverse psychology here. I command you to marry the guy who summoned you to Utah. 
I would like you to marry him and um, uh, let his wife and family be damned and take up with him and uh, uh, move in with him immediately. Okay? I'm trying. Okay. No. Oh, my God. Oh, Mary Kay, what the hell's wrong with you? I don't know. All right. But, you know, you're, I, I, I can guarantee you will be divorced uh, by the time you're 21. And abused and beaten. <laughs> I mean, it, this is a mess. Mary Kay, really, uh, settle down. Take it easy and go back to school. Uh, just, just cool go out. Go back to school. Or go to school for a few years. Uh, cool out. Figure out who you are. Uh, watch your boundaries. You have none. Hold on. Uh, watch your victimizers. I want to see if I can just break through here for a second. Mary Kay, you ever watch those daytime talk shows like um, uh, Jerry Springer or uh, Sally Jesse or shows yeah. like that? I imagine you're not uh, sitting around watching uh, McNeil Lair. On uh, PBS, right? You watch those shows. I have no idea what they are. Okay. You, you know those shows, though, right? Yeah. Okay. You know all those uh, idiot uh, white trash types who uh, end up uh, getting into bizarre love triangles and divorces and abortions and all that? Uh-huh. You know it's a big mess? Yeah. That is where you're heading. You understand? Yeah. Okay. So, we're just notifying you of that. Now, if you want to keep heading that way, go right ahead. We're just telling we you now. We suggest you not. We suggest you don't. Okay? That's all we're putting out to you. All right. All right. Good luck. And um, next time you see your dad, uh, kick him in the groin. Because he, 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 he did you did, something he did you wrong yes. somehow. Something, something went wrong. Something's wrong. Whether you uh, want to blame nature or nurture. Either way, I hold him responsible. A guy out in Utah saw a picture of her, sent for her. She left her fiancé. What is it? The 40s of age. Here's what I wish. I wish that all the effed up people in the world would just uh, crawl inside their little shell and become like agoraphobic or something. <laughs> Don't you, Drew? Why is it the more I... effed up you are, the more people you got get to get married to, the more people you got to have kids with, yeah. uh, the more drunk driving you got to do, the more fist fights you got to get in, right. the more uh, felonies uh, you have to be involved with? Y you know what I'm saying? See, I, what I, is that? Well, Whatever happened to just crawling inside a hole? Well, uh, there was a time when society didn't tolerate that stuff, you know, and now that we do, and, and uh, hey, they're just doing their own thing. Yeah, it's free to be me. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's the genius of uh, the uh, Jerry Springers. And no, the, uh, no, it's the genius of the uh, baby boom generation. Thank you. All right. right. Jason. Yeah. You're 15. Yeah. Yeah. Jason, right now, real quick, we're going to hang up. What's going right, on? Okay. Um, hey, my, I have like a long history. Oh, boy, you don't know how close you came, Jason, with that attitude of yours. All right, you have a long history. Of uh, diabetes and like my family. Yeah. And, uh. I've been, like, wanting to get, like, my eyebrow and tongue pierced. Mm-hmm. And, uh, my dad tells me that, like, if in the future, if I ever get diabetes, since, you know, family and everything, if I ever get it, that I'll, like, regret it. Cause regret the piercings? Yeah, because putting holes in my body. Uh, I don't know that that is true, actually. Uh, I, uh, Dad had a nice angle working here. I know, here, I know. I've got to listen. We got to be honest. Probably yeah. isn't any, isn't even any diabetes in the family, for Christ's sake. If you were diabetic presently, I would say absolutely, you are putting yourself in harm's way. Why? Your, your immune system doesn't work normally when you're diabetic. Oh, okay. Uh, and so you're much more prone to infection, and particularly in, near the head, you don't want infections, or even about the head. Uh, but to think that if you had a piercing, you would later be prone to infection of a of a epithelialized or healed piercing, 
if you became diabetic. I don't think that is true. And even if it were, you take the piercings out, they close in hours anyway. Mm-hmm. So were you to become diabetic, you could take out the piercing. So I'm not, you know, it's, it's an interesting thought, and uh, I hope it discourages you from having a piercing. But uh, those, it says here you wanted a tongue and an, and an eyebrow. Yeah. Both scary piercings to me. Mm-hmm. Eyebrow, the most likely to reject. Tongue, the most likely to cause disaster. All right. So. All right. All right, Jason. I, I'm, I'm sure it'll help with the depression. Yeah. yeah. And the antisocial pain. That'll ease the pain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> people, Jason, when people see you with that uh, hoop in the in the, in the the brow and the um, spear and the tongue, the uh, dumbbell in the tongue, they're going to come flocking. You'll probably get a raise. Get, a, get a, 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 a bench position in the judgeship. Teachers will move you right up to the head of the class. It's uh, All doors will open when they see you walking around that way. All right, Jason. All right. Good, good luck. Right. Have fun working at the video store, by the way. That's the only place that employs these people. Thank God for the video store. I don't know what it is, and I don't know who decided. There's two things in life i got to figure out before I'm done, Drew. Uh-huh. I have to figure out, A, why video stores will hire the dregs of society, the misfits. They the, aren't dregs. The, the androgenites. They're just, they're just uh, colorful. Mm, they're people who are trying to express something via yeah. an appearance, right, which uh, I always um, I count them as flawed. Anyone who tries uh, to get I a message say, I have across, some empathy for that. That 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 could be just. Yeah. All right, listen. You didn't go to the uh, old Odyssey video there in North Hollywood, and it was like a, it was a, a, that's a porno video video uh, um, world. They had a, to me it was, but there, there there were other movies that were rented there that uh, were legitimate. Drew, ah. it just happened to have a very extensive, advanced, yeah. extensive uh, porn collection. It was like a blimp hanger <laughs> that kept that stuff in. Boy. If you couldn't find it there, I think they actually made porn uh, on the site and just uh, <laughs> delivered it direct. They cut out the middleman. Uh, the many, point how is, people, how many people were wandering around that? I, I almost have to, I almost want to go see this just to witness this. Uh, it's very extensive. Over there. Yeah, but the the point is, is uh, that place? It was like a Rocky Horror Picture Show over there. The people walking around. Oh, yes, one guy behind the counter could never figure out what his sex was. He he was Boy George long before Boy George. Was around, you know, top hats and, uh, you know, I mean, you know, eyeliner and uh, it, it was just a disaster. But, okay, so that's the one thing I got to get to the bottom of is why video stores uh, employ these folks. And not, not the good Christian ones like Blockbuster and stuff, but just your basic video stores. They become a haven for the misfits of society. The other one is is the uh, realtors yeah. with their picture all over the place. You know what I'm talking about? You mean you all get the advertisements. All over the advertisements. Whether it's a billboard, hey, it's Mike Flanagan, a realtor of Sherman Oaks, and there's big old fat ass Mike uh, with the mustache and the, losing the hair, and you know what I mean? Stuffed yeah. into a, a, a jacket he wore in college. Yeah, what is that? What do I care with the guy? What am I going to do? Date the guy? Just go find the effing condo, Mike. I, you, what are you? Are you running for Senate? Or are you just figuring out how much I should be putting down? When you get the realtor thing in the mail, it's got a picture, male or female. Uh, look, I can understand if you're exceptionally good looking and you thought that may be an in. But most of these old yentas, these old women, you know, they're in their 50s and uh, there ain't much to look at. And uh, the guys ain't much to look and, at. And they all look the same. And they all look the same. Yet, 
if you find a realtor, you will see a picture. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, no other business right. does this. It's not like, hey, it's Larry the plumber. We got to see his picture. Or the guy who works, uh, you know, down at the you know veterinarian office or something. There's his picture. No, realtors, they're pictures all over the place. I mean, at least in this part of the country. I wonder if that's the same everywhere. Oh, it's horrible. I mean, some of these guys, are, they're, they're becoming celebrities. Anyway. All right, Drew, let's go to break. And when, why don't you sell the next call, please? Uh, Ashley, I mean, this isn't a very good one to sell. Well, why don't you sell it good? Why don't we talk to a 26-year-old Roy about his 40-year-old girlfriend? All right, that's good. I don't go in for these. Hi, this is Andy Bell. And that was Mr. Vincent Clark from Eurasia. You're listening to Love Line, so don't go away. Yes. I haven't heard that one before, I don't think. All right. Phone number for Loveline, 1-800-LOVE-191. Fax number 310-854-4255. And world is Dr. Drew. And uh, where are we going here, Drew? Oh, three. Three? Uh, okay, yeah, I saw that, but I thought that's the one you didn't want to sell. No, two is the one I didn't want to sell. All right, so we sold three. Yeah. All right. Roy, hey, how's here's the beauty of Loveline. It's like... Um, like, I remember when I was a kid, they had those models of, uh, those clear models of yeah. uh, the human anatomy yes. or how the a invisible man, internal, invisible man. Yeah. internal uh, combustion engine works. Right, right. We do the only radio show where we actually talk about the parts <laughs> we should be either writing down or pointing at. Right, right. The stuff that should happen automatically. Right. We actually talk you through it. Yeah. You get, you get, to, you get a feel for what's going on in here. Right. All right, Roy, what's, uh... Well, I'm 26, and uh, I'm seeing a woman, she's 40. Mm. And what I was wondering is this got a chance at hell of lasting. Mm. Well, you tell us. How is it go how's it going on? Well, it seems that... She's not going anywhere, I can tell you that. It's got its downs. The what? It's got its ups and its downs. What are the downs? I mean, we, we get along fine, and then... What are the downs? Minute, we're fighting. Why are you fighting? Just, just petty stuff. What really? kind of relationships has she had in the past? Well, she's been married twice. Yeah. That, that's been my experience with women that date men a lot younger than themselves. They are... They are Sort of perceiving the men as less threatening, the relationships are less real, so they're less vulnerable, and the guys are sort of more objectified. And that's kind of what you're going well, through. Well, here's I think the reason it's getting chaotic now is that there's a genuine relationship developing. It's not what she counted on. Here's what they do they go, um, oh boy, that's it for men. Yeah, never I've again. had it with yeah. men. All men oh are boy. Yeah. The, the first husband's a bastard, the second one's a gambling, cheating, drinking, yeah. sodomizing, um, clown sniffing. <laughs> S.O.B., uh, forget it. No, I'm done with men. Yeah. Six months goes by. Hey, I'm horny. Oh, boy. Now i got to no, be with I'm, a guy. I'm lonely, is usually what it is. Yeah, I'm lonely. Sorry, Drew. That's code for horny. Uh, i got to be with a guy. Uh, what do I do? Uh, but I hate guys. Uh, but I need some companionship and a little loving. Uh, I, I know what I'll do. I'll go out with a guy that I... There's no way I'll marry. Right. Oh. There's no way I'll get involved with, even. Right. And now, so he's, she's getting involved now, and that's why there's a little bit of chaos getting into the relationship. Mm -hmm. So she's just killing time with me now. No, I think she's actually getting involved. That's Star why the ups was, and downs are starting to develop. Now it's getting drawn in. Yeah. Right. How long have you been together? About six months? Well, about ten. Mm-hmm. I don't count the first four months of any relationship. Okay, then six months. Six you months. Might. Thank you, Roy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to disagree. That's all right. You didn't know about my policy. No, I didn't. And if you'd been together uh, 11 months, I wouldn't count the first five months. Of the oh, okay. As All long right. as it balances out. Yeah, but that, that seems about right, because you're coming up on a year, 
Right. And uh, something that maybe neither one of you thought would last has turned out to be coming on to a year. Yeah. And uh, now there's going to be now the real feelings are coming that, around. And then she's ambivalent, and now she you know probably wants to get married but can't because he's 26, and she blames him, and uh, it's just a mess. But uh, you know these things can work out. They can. Not yeah. saying can. You got to make a decision. Do you want to want to hang with this or not? Yeah, and uh, she's certainly mature enough to. Uh, be able to. I mean, it's not like you're dealing some 19 year old who has a soda. Although we, we also have know this is somebody who has difficulty with intimate relationships. Uh, two divorces. Yeah. Joseph. Yes. You're 19. I am 19. What's going on? Um, okay. Here's the problem. It's sort of a convoluted story. But I'm um, okay. When I went to school for like a week, maybe, like minimal time, right? Mm hmm. And we didn't talk for a while because it was sort of a messy breakup, etc. And how can you break up when you've only dated a week? That's what I'm saying. It's exactly how messy could that be? Talk to her again. Okay. And um, so then we have class together, so I saw her again, and through a mutual friend, we went out to pizza together, mm. and she was in the back seat. And when I got out of the car, and she got out of the car, I looked in the back seat, and this book I'd lent her was there. Mm -hmm. And I just had this ultimate feeling there was something wrong with it. So I opened it up, and there's a little note on in the inside saying, I'm sorry, take care of yourself, etc. Then I flipped through the book, and on every single page, she wrote, I love you, I'm sorry, I love you, I'm sorry, I love you, I'm sorry, I love you, I'm sorry. Uh, she wrote what? I love you, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just wanted you to say it for the uh, 75th time, that's okay. all. Sorry. Uh, that's all right. Um, feeling of it. So you had sex with her? No. So you never had sex? No. So you just had a couple of dates? Yeah. How old is she? 18. Mm. Should I take out a restraining order? Or? Was it an Edgar Allan, uh, was it a collection of Ed Edgar Allan Poe uh, poems no, or something? Because a lot of his had that theme, and perhaps there's some confusion here. It'd be easier if it was. No, it's just, you know, you yeah. can't smile once in a while, Drew. I was just thinking, then he could point to the nevermore. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Drew was using his brain there. I'm sorry. All right, so she's a little out of control. Yeah, and and maybe it was a uh, you know good instinct uh, not to continue getting involved with her. That's what I felt. But the fact is, is you didn't sleep with her. Yeah. Well, I, I, which which is good. But yeah. Oh yeah. Oh boy. Not equal a restraining order either. No, I don't think you need a restraining. What is she? Does she threaten you in some way? She just no, is behaving. But I'm, I'm just frightened. You know? Because of this book. Yeah. Yeah, she, but she hasn't said anything. She probably got it out of her system. Yeah, she's she is. Yes, you're right. It's it's outlandish behavior, and it's a little spooky when people have the capacity to behave in ways that sort of leave you leave you fantasizing that there's sort of no boundaries to their behaviors. But this is not this is not her coming over with an axe and destroying your front lawn or something. I mean, this is right. This is a you know an <laughs> obsessive. True, you're, uh, boy, you really know how to spin a, a yarn. Uh, coming over the, with the axe and destroying the, uh, I can see George's old Rolodex. Uh, can't come up with a lawn jockey. Uh, can't manufacture mailbox. Uh, forget about uh, front swing. Uh, I was thinking front, front porch. Uh, lawn. <laughs> <laughs> boy, Drew, you really, you, uh, you have quite a uh, colorful palette you paint with there. Ashley. Hi. Hey, you're 16. Yeah, um, basically, my story is, um, for like the last year, I've been going through these major mood swings, just like on and off. And like right now, I'm fine, but it's like the last couple of weeks have been really bad. Like, I'll just start thinking about something. When you say major mood swings, you mean down. Yeah. Swings down, not swings up and down. Yeah. Just well, down. Okay. 
Okay. Those are uh, just dips, really. Yeah, pretty much. But, like, I'll just start thinking about something that just bugs me. And then, like, it'll just bug me even more and more. And I'll just, like, get to the point where I just, like, get all upset and anything makes me cry. Give us an example of one of these things you're thinking about. Like, um... Chechnya. What? No. Okay. I was just I was playing a hunch. Was okay, gonna... whatever. Anyway, um... Sorry, whatever. Like... Like, I'll start thinking, like, there's a guy that I met a long time ago that I was, like, seeing off and on, and, like, we're totally good friends now, and I'll think about that, and it's like, I still totally like him, and whenever I think about, like, him with someone else or seeing him with mm -hmm. someone else, that'll, like, upset me. Yeah, I don't know. You, you seem the people have endless energy for this sort of thought. At that age. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I mean, I, I mean you'll do it. I mean, I did it into my, you know, 20s, e easily. It's not just that, though, but, like, any other thing. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know, like, my dad, like, he's not too healthy right now, I guess you could say. He, like, he's prone to, like, have a heart attack soon, and that, like, bugs me. And then, like, any little thing right. that bugs well, me. Well, you're, you're doing what you do when you're depressed, which yeah. is you're thinking about negative things uh, quite a bit and I really know, obsessing on them. It's All right. been happening for so long. My mom's just like, oh, this is a typical teenager thing. You'll get over mm, it. It's possible, but uh, it sounds like you're suffering. Tell her uh, so is a suicide and drug abuse. Well, I mean, I've thought about that, too, but then it's just like something that'll happen. I'll be like, oh, forget it. I mean, is this totally normal? You don't sound that effed up to me, but I don't want to uh, deny you your feelings. I learned yeah. that in group therapy. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Adam, you're denying her yeah, feelings. Suicidal, uh, transient suicidal musing, I suppose, could be normal, but I, I, I don't think you can ever assume it is. I, I would want uh, someone who has suicidal feelings to be assessed. All right, uh, we, can't, we can't make that kind of assessment. Sure, I know this is rare, answer. but I'm. I've got a. Um, I've got a break when. And I think we'll just throw it to commercial, and I'll go out in the parking lot. Thank I mean, you. I, there's something brewing in me. Oh, God bless you. you see, see, I'm pretty, you're, you're pretty very hard. polite and Thank conscientious. You. I appreciate you thinking of my No, my no I, I won't. I won't do it on the air. But you know, maybe if I just did it, you, know, you could you could see if you could hear it or not. <laughs> and I won't do it in the mic. Wait a minute! I thought you just said you were going to take it outside. <laughs> Did that, did that come through the air? Oh, okay. Well, we don't got to go to break now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, boy. It's really the only thing missing from radio. What? This is descent. I feel better. I, I felt like I had kittens in my stomach for the last 20 minutes. What's that? Uh, yeah, turn the heat up in here so we can really get it, really, really, really emulsify the uh, fabric in the walls with it here. So when uh, Lycus uh, leans up against it uh, in uh, 11 hours, <laughs> the fart will have a have a new life. All right, Drew, you want to take one? No. You want to take one more call? Yeah. Oh, you do? No. Oh. Apparently you're on. Well, you got the kids. You've been smelling that for a while. Uh, Lana? Yeah. You're 24. Yes, I am. What's going on? Okay, this is the question. I've been dating... Um, casually with this this guy. He's 27. Sunday's his birthday. And um, our sex relationship is just really good. However, um, I mean, we've done everything and I've done everything to him and he, I guess he's done whatever to me. But um, the first time we went out and um, like sexually mm -hmm. and he tried going downstairs on me, I kind of pushed him away and ever since then, He's never 
tried it mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't want to sound weird, like telling him, go down there. Right. You know, but, okay, this is the thing. Sunday's his birthday. And I was kind of... Like, this is no gift. Uh, having him perform oral sex on you? No, if no, you're talking no. about, like, ramping your vagina or something? No, no, no. Good. Listen, hear me out. Okay. So what I'm going to do, and I, I kind of want a man's point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of want to perform in front of him with another female. T- actually handcuff him. And just, he's not going to know... What's happening? What I'm going to do is... I, I got a sweater vest uh, this, this year, Drew. What'd you get for your birthday? Yeah. You got like a sock and a Thomas guy? Can you hear me out? Yeah, sorry. Okay, hear me out. Okay, he's going to be out for the evening. Uh, hold on, I feel another prisoner. <laughs> I'm getting ready to escape here, Drew. I... He'll, he'll be out for the evening. <laughs> hold on a second. I'll turn the mic away. Let's go to break. <laughs> Uh, you guys didn't hear me or not? Yeah, I can hear you. It's hard to hear you over the uh, sound of my own ass. <laughs> hey. I'm sorry. Listen. All right, so you want to, uh, you know what? We got to go to break because we got to open the door. Ugh. I have a medical problem. I have an irritable bowel syndrome. Do I not, Drew? Yes. <laughs> Evidently. All right. Uh, listen, Lana, yeah. we understand that you want to perform a lesbian act or at least a simulated lesbian act in front of your boyfriend for his birthday. We commend that. We're putting you on hold, and we'll get into the details of that. After this, I began to float up and away from my body. Uh, lady. I know everyone thinks he's a geek, but I like that guy. Oh, I do too. Nice guy. Came in here, brought his kid with him. Yeah. Couldn't have been pleasanter. Smart. Get him back on one of these days. All right. When we left off, we're speaking to uh, Lana. Lana's 24. I think her boyfriend's 27. Speaking to uh, Lana. Lana's 24. I think her boyfriend's 27. They've been going out for... Uh, doesn't feel like a long time, but I can't remember how long they've been going out. How long have you been going out with them? Um, it'll be... It's going on five months. Five months. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which, to me, is just one month because, as you know, I get rid of the first four months. Now, um, <laughs> you'll... Uh, his birthday's coming up this Sunday. Uh-huh. Which is uh, my people's Sabbath, you know. And you want to perform this uh, lesbian act for him. No, well, see, this is... Okay, can you, like, just visualize this and don't... I just No, I will. Go ahead. I want an opinion. My eyes are closed. Go ahead. Okay, what I plan on doing is um, having him brought home about 7 o'clock and um, his roommate is going to let me um, decorate the house with candles and stuff. And when he gets there, I kind of planned on handcuffing him because I honestly don't want to see him touch another female because I do like him. Mm-hmm. Um, however, um, when he's handcuffed and sat down, I kind of want to do a little dance for him. And then when I'm done, I, I'm going to tell him that I'm going to run over to the bedroom to get my toy. And my toy would be her mm-hmm. on her knees and on a leash. Mm-hmm. Now, um, her and I would just do a little play thing together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe she can probably go up to him and do a little wiggle dance on his lap or something. And then when it's her time's up, it's time for her to go. Mm. Okay, now. And what is this supposed to be? How, how do you know when her time is up, by the way? Because I'm going to call a. Well, escort shut up, Drew. What are you talking about? What I'm is this? call an escort service. Oh, you're calling an escort service? Yeah. And do you think, though, uh, uh, that you can screw around with the escort service girl? No, well, this. Okay, I have a lot of friends out in Palm Springs that are pretty, and um, they're. they're they don't go and have sex 
I don't. I'm not saying I want to have sex with her. Mm -hmm. I just want to play with her. Right. I understand. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, All right. So you find this girl. You pay her. Uh, maybe it's someone you know. Yeah. I see. Yeah. And but you would you still pay her? Will would I pay her? Yeah. Um, I'm gonna tip her for doing it for me. Mm -hmm. What is this supposed to accomplish? What do you mean? It's gonna get the guy no excited. What is no, it? I don't. I don't want advice. I just want a man's opinion if I should do it. What is it? To, like what it. do you think it's going to accomplish? What is your fantasy that this is going to do for you? It's, kind of, it's his birthday. It's his birthday. And it's birthday. Kind of, it's birthday. Great. Did you start out by saying something about wanting him to do something to you? Um, was that this call? Yeah. Yeah. This is this is this is her. But the thing is, is that I, I'm pretty sure after we fool around and stuff, I'm going to be and he's going to be in the mood to where I'm pretty sure I'm just going to make him. Yeah, mm -hmm. make him go down on you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is a very bizarre emotion. Yeah, she's 24. Very bizarre. bizarre. See, maybe should, I shouldn't do it or what? No, no. What the hell? Do it. He you know. like it. You guys aren't going to get married anyway, right? No, no. All right. So Wait a minute. We're not even really boyfriend and girlfriend. I have not had a boyfriend in like three years. Do you want him to be your boyfriend? Do I want him to be my boyfriend? Um, we're more like best friends. Do you want him to be your boyfriend? No, I'm not ready for a boyfriend. Why? Okay. Why? Because I got so much going for myself right now. What, what are you like doing? Your lesbian friends in Palm Springs? Yeah, what are you doing that's so much, so important? Um, well, I just did, um, uh, I'm just getting into, um, like... Video games? No, no, um, internet, internet things. Um, I'm getting ready to pose for penthouse and just little things like that. So I don't really have time to have a boyfriend, however. Right, because, yeah. Convenience. Being photographed in the nude is uh, really, it puts constraints on the time, Drew. I don't know if you've ever done this, this before. This is what I was picking up on. This is like, this, he's had some serious stuff in the past. Here. Really? Yeah. I don't know. Yes. What? Any, any trauma, Lana? No, no trauma. Mm, where's Papa? My dad? Yeah. He's probably home asleep. Okay. Uh, did he drink himself to sleep? No. No. No, ever, I have no idea how I am. They think I'm like the perfect little daughter. Right. Okay. All right. But, I mean, I I wasn't calling for advice. I no, I understand. Want... You didn't want to. You didn't want to open that Pandora's box. No, I just want to know if it's. Uh, listen, listen, Lana. You guys aren't having a real serious relationship. You're not considering or uh, thinking about making him your boyfriend for a, a multitude of reasons. She's very busy right now. She's got to be photographed uh, spreading her ass. And, you know, she's uh, diddling around on the Internet. And true. I mean, you don't have time. Oh, wait a minute. You're married. you got a TV show, a radio show, a uh, practice. Uh, you're on the board at the hospital. you got the triplets. And you still find time for a relationship. Oh, my God. The point is, is um, and she's not serious about the relationship or real serious. She wants to give the guy the present, uh, you know, he'll never forget. And this is the way to do right, it. What she, the hell? But she is so involved in objectifying herself and denying her feelings that this is just more BS and more destruction of her own sense of herself, frankly, as, as a separate full person. She's going to continue right. using this objectification technique as a way of dancing around relationships, quite literally. Right. Well, this is a, uh, you know, being good looking. Double-edged sword. Lord knows, I know, Drew. <laughs> For years, I made my living on my looks. Cleaning, mm -hmm. cleaning carpets. Wow. I was one of the better-looking carpet cleaners. I was one of the better-looking um, construction laborers. You know. I can imagine. Mike? Yes. You're 28? Correct. What's happening? Okay, my question is more or less for Dr. Drew. 
And my question was, can herpes 2 turn into herpes 1? What do you mean by herpes 2 and herpes 1? Herpes 2 as in like, uh, isn't herpes like a cold sore, canker sores? They both are. Like herpes simplex. Right. Okay. You, hear, you hear about herpes simplex 1 and 2, don't you? Yeah, they're different viral subtypes that both occur in both places. There's, okay. there's really no distinction. You would not know the difference between 1 and 2. Oh, really? Well, what is the difference between 1 and 2? Two? 2 is a little more intense. Usually it's more associated with systemic symptoms like your body aches and flu symptoms, uh, even a meningitis. Speaking so of like. number 2, that's something else coming off. Well, but, me, uh, me, uh, I mean, the otherwise, I mean... Oh. <laughs> I mean, herpes 1 is somewhat more common on the mouth, and herpes 2 is perhaps more common. Oh, it's that fruit salad, eh? But that's it. Otherwise, it's the same thing. Okay, then what is the sexually transmitted disease? They're both. Oh, they are okay. But, like, if you have, like, canker sores, which is herpes 1? Sometimes. Okay, so it can be herpes 1 or 2 then. Well, yeah. let's just say you got one or and neither, a half. Or neither. For the sake of argument. But if yeah. you give somebody oral sex when you have cold sores, you can definitely transmit that. Very right. good. Derek. Yeah. You're 16. Yeah. What's that? Oh? Derek, go right ahead. Yeah, um, I'm 16 and my girlfriend's like into this S&M stuff. She just bought a whip. And she wants me to like whip her with it, like in the butt and stuff. Mm. All right. All right. I wanted to know if that was like, how many people like do that? Is it like common or? It's not I'm common. Let me check my uh, S&M demo map here of uh, North America. Uh, ooh, it's a large cluster in New York and L.A., and then it thins out a little over the country. Uh, what part of the country, what city are you calling from, Derek? Um, Redmond, Washington, and uh, Seattle. Around up Seattle. Hold on, let me follow the coast here. Uh, San Francisco. San Francisco, oh, look at that. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, boy. It's really heavy in San Francisco. It starts to thin out as, as you get further north. Almost nothing going on in Alaska. Well, let me just uh, come back a little bit. Uh, Canada. Ah, there we go. Yeah, there's um, uh, 285 people in uh, your uh, town, your city. In Redmond? Yeah. Actually, I pick an even number. Uh, 286. They're currently engaging in this. What's going on? What, what is your question exactly, Jerry? Well, I just wanted to know, like, I don't want to do it. Then don't do it. It's a fetish some people need in order to function sexually. It, it suggests some level of of dysfunction, but some people well, she, live a normal life and have that sort of preoccupation. Right? Quite frankly, she may have bought it just to th because she thought it would be fun and be a turn-on for you anyway. So she may be happy that you don't want to do it. Yeah. On the other it. hand, there's nothing wrong with, you know, with playing around a little. Not everything has to be done. And, you know, it's like I like basketball. I ain't playing for the NBA. I like right. to shoot a hoop around a little bit. It doesn't mean I'm going to quit my job. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Well, you know, you, again, that's the that's the sort of important question here. Does she need that to function? If she can't function without it, then you have a real fetish. Right. Well, he'll find out. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead and give it a try. Have a little fun, Philip. Yeah. You're 16. Yes, I am. What's going on there? I got a masturbation problem, man. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, do I have what? Uh -huh. do I have a girlfriend? Yeah. Um. Just broke up. <laughs> I like when people when people sort of will their questions, uh, my questions, upon me, um, upon them. Oh. Right. <laughs> well, they will them to me, and then they and then they somehow hear me ask. Right. Uh, you have a girlfriend then? Uh, no, we just broke up. I see. 
kind of messy. I don't want to talk about it. What is your question? But, um, my masturbation problem is about um, uh, it hurts after like twice in one night. Mm-hmm. Where does it hurt? Huh? Where does it hurt? Around the neck, around the... What, what's, what's the technical name? The, the, the base. The what? The base? Um, <laughs> the shaft. Um, the sh the, yeah, but the shaft is the whole area. Yeah. The base or the neck. The base, but like inside. I like the neck. Yeah, the urethra hurts? Yeah, I guess that's what its technical name is. That's know. the throat, yeah. Right. Okay, the throat. There we go. The throat. That's the ostrich throat. I got a little throat. bit of sharp pain at the top of the throat. Uh -huh. and at the tip? Base. A little bit at the tip, yeah. But the pain uh -huh. eases up after the fifth time? <laughs> I haven't gone past three. Well, I mean, it's urethral irritation. It can be caused by infection. It can be caused by mechanical trauma. I don't know what you're doing to yourself there. It can be caused by prostate irritation. I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean there's anything tremendously wrong. Uh, just don't do that if it hurts. Mm, yeah. In my days of the uh, hat trick are... Well behind me. There will be no more trifectas uh, going on in the Corolla house. Why? And I don't have it in me anymore. Quite literally. I, you know, you know what will happen is I'll think, uh, geez, I, and Mike, I know you've probably done this too. You, you think, you've been sitting here looking at the computer porn for two hours instead of doing your job. You think, I haven't been at myself in like three days for one reason or another. When I get home, man, I'm going for two, maybe three. Uh, you do one, and it's like... Yeah, let's see. Let's get back to uh, uh, let's get back to those green stamps and pasting those books. Got to win myself a uh, nice uh, tea cozy. <laughs> All right, a rowboat. Remember when you used to paste uh, uh, blue, trading stamps or S &M blue or green stamp? Uh, blue yeah, chip stamps. blue chip stamps. Oh, used to get them when you filled up at the at the uh, station. Yeah. Oh boy, those are the days. We'll be back. All right. The Lords of Acid will be in here tomorrow night. And then the um, Tuesday night, uh, the Chancellors of Heroin are coming. Beautiful. No. Lester Poindexter will be here uh, on Tuesday. But tomorrow, Lords of Acid. I want to thank the beautiful Lisa, lovely Sherry, the uh, fabulous Angular One, producer Ann, and of course, uh, the one nut wondered masturbation, the one handed masturbation machine. Engineer Mike for doing a wonderful job tonight. So, until next time, this is Adam Kroll for Dr. Drew saying mahalo. This has been Loveline. The opinions expressed herein are certainly opinions. That's for sure. If you'd like a written transcript of today's program, you probably should have written it down yourself. But if you did, we'd like a copy. Loveline producer Ann Wilkins. This broadcast was copyright 1997 Westwood One. This concludes another PodcastOne.com program.